Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome back to another episode of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University, and I am joined by Candace Riley, manager of special collections of the United Methodist Archive and History Center. Candace, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, Andrew? I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. What do you have for us today? So I wanted to bring back one of our more special collections out of our many special collections. Um, And this one is the science fiction and popular culture collection donated by David Johnson. I know we talked about David, David Johnson's donation many episodes ago, but it really is full of so many amazing materials. And the reason I wanted to keep talking about it was because we are now doing a social media thing called Sci Fridays. Um, oh, great. So I have one student, Alex Edwing, who is very passionate about this collection. She has been going through and describing the cover art, which would then make it easier if there's one, someone who wants to do like an artistic understanding of kind of these science fiction magazines. We can go through her guide and quickly pull up an issue that relates to their research. Oh, great. So kind of like annotating the collection. Yeah. And it's a long process. It started many years ago by one of our students named Catherine. And we are only a fraction of the way through. <laughs> um, but it's been really fun to go through. Like if let's say it's okay, an alien on the cover, if someone wants to study possibly alien encounters from what they believe they looked like from like 1920 all the way to 2004. Oh, cool. We have those issues. Yeah. So it can be a really cool, both art historical study, but like a sociology study and also just a, a fun media project. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, Alex is working on that. And then she had the idea of doing weekly posts and, Sci Friday is a great name. I know a lot of other institutions do that. So we're jumping on that. And yeah, so she posts every Friday and uh, she pulled from me a couple of these for us to look at today that are more end of October themed. Um, But I wanted to talk about the Twilight Zone collection. Okay, cool. So I think the Twilight Zone is a lot of fun. I don't know if you ever watched any of the television shows. I think I've seen every episode. Although there's occasionally one that I said, I don't think I've seen this one before. Well, the Twilight Zone magazine kind of pulls from those stories, but it also then publishes a lot of more uh, recent, more popular authors. So, for example, Stephen King, Richard Matheson, Ray Bradbury, Joe Carol Oates, all published in Twilight Zone magazine. Okay. And sometimes they would get their start publishing there, and then maybe their book would come out a few years later. So it's kind of like they're starting to put little chapters. Okay, so sort of like stories. the same process of like amazing stories and sort of like the Hugo Gernsback stuff exactly. from like many decades yeah. ago. Like okay. how George R. R. Martin put one of his chapters for Game of Thrones in one of, the, of those books too. I think it was, it could have been Isaac Asimov. I could be misremembering. Okay. But it's in the science fiction collection, right. from David Johnson's collection. And um, like I said, it ranges from 1920s all the way through 2014. So a lot of issues. Yeah, sure. Star Trek, X-Files, Amazing Stories, all that fun stuff. So Twilight Zone magazines, um, they are really great. They also feature local, um, contemporary films. So if you are a big sci-fi nerd or fan, The Thing is talked about in there. David Lynch's Dune, which is now making a huge comeback with the new movie. Oh, yeah. So if you want to kind of get into that media and that science, the Twilight Zone collection really is there oh, cool. for you for that. Um, a little history of the magazine. It started in 1981 with a T.E.D. Klein, and he was the editor of the magazine, and it was also known as Rod Serling's The Twilight Zone magazine. So kind of really going off of the TV show and the popularity of that to kind of okay. get their original audience. If I, if I remember correctly, I think the movie was released at some point, maybe in, maybe it wasn't as early as 81, but I feel like it was in that it's area. It's kind of like hovering yeah. in the area, and they were going off of like that popularity, like 
the movie, the show. Now let's make a magazine. Right. And it did pretty well when it first came out. I think it was under, um, there were 125,000 issues a month. They were outselling magazines like Analog, which is another magazine oh, we have wow. in our collection too. Okay. Um, it was a short-lived popularity. I don't think it really got that much out of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a great kind of historical marker for our science fiction magazines, kind of featuring that like that lovely air of the Twilight Zone, yeah. that fantastical science fiction that we see. Yeah, and I really enjoyed that we get all of these other short stories in it from those authors, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of short horror and we have other companion issue, um, magazines that are similar to Twilight Zone, like just Fangoria, Starlog, Magazine of Fanta- uh, Fantasy and Science Fiction and Whispers and Omni Magazine, which I have out right here. So if you really kind of want to, let's say, pick a date and maybe see what was all about science fiction at that point in time, mm-hmm. we can do that in our collection. Cool. So you can pull like the Twilight Zone, Omni, Imagination and just kind of enjoy it. And that's the beauty of this collection. You don't maybe need to have a project in mind. You can just get inspired if you feel like it. But it's, um, I think it's also this time of year. Where, you know, we always have something macabre to talk about in the, on our uh, Drew Archives in 10. But I think the science fiction collection, which we're so grateful to David Johnson for donating. We don't, not at all universities have this treasure trove. Sure, yeah. So... I really, I wish more students and researchers could use it because even though something could be digitized online, like I think the Twilight Zone magazines completely are online, there is something about coming in and maybe doing a deep dive into a collection. Yeah. And we've talked many times on this podcast about the materiality of these magazines or, or books or any of the materials really that, that we've been talking about on this podcast, about actually coming to the archive and, and touching them and really getting a sense for their materiality. Really, and um, Twilight Zone magazine is um, about the size of Omni magazine that I have in front of you. So it's pretty large, uh, colorful cover, and then it's just full of color issues inside. So a really um, aesthetically pleasing magazine in comparison to some of our other science fiction magazines we know we talked about on a previous season that are similar to what I have here, Imagination Stories. You have that really great cover design, very 80s, but then inside it's always black and white. Right. So it's just focused on the text and the stories inside. You don't get too much advertisement, maybe just for other types of issues if mm-hmm. you wanted to subscribe continuously. But it's nothing as flashy as what you see in Omni yeah. or the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and this seems to be imagination. Uh, cheaper paper on the inside, mm-hmm. but then the cover itself where it has this you know, beautiful artwork. Uh, you know, It's a little bit more substantial, the feel of the paper, the quality of the paper here. Um, but then, yeah, Omni sort of is reminiscent of a you know large, glossy magazine, right? It is, and they're really fun to look through. Um, and not that imagination and stories and science fiction is not, but you really right. get more um, media to go through mm-hmm. in those, where this one, you could just sit down and read the stories. And yeah. I think we talked about before with the cover art with a lot of these smaller science fiction collections. This one is from actually 1950. Sometimes the cover artists did not fully read the stories inside. They'd maybe just get like a little blip of it. So okay. sometimes the imagery does not match anything inside. Um, <laughs> so you're kind of playing a really fun game. Um, but it's great to see how the art styles kind of progress. Right. And you see that with these science fiction magazines. And the letters to the editor are a great part of these as well, because you see what people are interested in. There was one point in time, I think one of my students, Alex, mentioned 
that um, that letters to the editor they were mentioning how they were so upset that there was so much nudity on the covers. Okay. And then they pulled back and did less of that. And then people were complaining that there was not enough nudity, and they reversed it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, clever way to do some market research uh, yeah. for the the editors. I know Hugo Gernsback uh, of Amazing Stories did that quite a bit, and uh, there's some fan study scholars, Henry Jenkins, who. Uh, uh, who has uh, sort of done some work uh, on that, on the history of, of fandoms and the interaction between the uh, between creators and publishers and the fan base and the sort of dialogue that was going on between them. So, yeah, letters to the editor, huge part of, of audience interactivity. Huge part. And I know that one of the professors on campus, uh, Professor Jonathan Rose, does that kind of research, but with Playboy magazine. OK, so it's a great method mm-hmm. to go through. And I really feel like someone could take that and really apply that to just what we have in our science fiction collection and have a really fun even dissertation so yeah come in see these collections um get inspired by our sci friday posts (laughs) um alex is passionate about this project and i think we're going to keep seeing more and more of them until she graduates (laughs) and then we'll have somebody else pick up the mantle (laughs) (laughs) well thank you very much for sharing these with us candace sure That's our show. To take a look at some of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10, head on over to the Special Collections and University Archives website at drew.edu forward slash library forward slash S-C-U-A. You can also check out images of some of the materials at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. That's D-U-P-A-R-C-H-I-V-E dot org. There's a lot of great stuff there, and the collection is growing every week, so I hope you check it out. That's it for now. And remember, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you like the show, give us a follow. If you love us, share us with a friend, or consider leaving us a rating and review. We'd love to know what you think. So for myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candice Riley, Manager of Special Collections, we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10.